Hello, I'm Casey Hobbs. I have one of the best jobs around. I get to work with nearly 100 adults and nearly 200 teenagers who volunteer their time, inspiring passion to conserve the natural world at the Birmingham Zoo. Today, I want to introduce you to one. So grab your cup. It's time for Coffee with a Docent. Today, we have a very special guest on Coffee with a Docent. We have Naomi Baklad. Uh, Naomi has been a volunteer at the Birmingham Zoo longer than, than some of our listeners have been alive, I think it's safe to say. And Naomi, we are delighted to speak with you today. Good. Hello, Casey. It'd be <laughs> nice to talk to you. So, Naomi, you have a long commitment and a deep commitment to the Birmingham Zoo. Before you tell us how you got here or any of your origin stories, just tell us what the zoo means to you. That wasn't the question I expected first, Casey. <laughs> it's, it's a little easier to come at it in another way. Um, and I, I hope you don't mind if I do, um, because part of the answer is a continuum. Um, so I'm gonna start back um, in Philadelphia, which is, uh, to my surprise, Linda mentioned, um, mm -hmm. may have walked the same steps. When my children were little, um, they asked for pets. I knew at that time that I had an allergy to fur-bearing animals, but still, we all loved animals. Mm -hmm. And we decided that it was um, great. We'd adopt a whole zoo instead of having one or two at home. So we would ride the train into Philadelphia. We'd walk around the zoo. We'd learn the animals. And at that time, I found that I was very grateful for anybody on grounds who would add a little bit of information. We could read the signs, um, but there was there were often people who would tell a little bit more, a little bit of the background of an animal, a little bit of what was special or unique, a little bit about unusual behaviors. So we became members and then it became possible to um, sign up for training for a docent class. Um, at that time, docent training was about 15, 16 weeks long. It was very intensive. It covered everything. It covered anatomy, physiology, um, behavior, classification, ecology, endangered animals, everything. Um, so we were very, so I was very proud when I got my docent sash. Sure. Um, it took a while after that to get my feet. I had to listen to my voice a little bit. We were limited at that time to doing school groups. Um, and that's a challenge to do a large group, 20 or so on grounds, um, 20 or so um, students who are not always willing to pay attention. So it was a challenge to make it accurate and interesting and engaging all at the same time. Um, one has to make a few mistakes and go back and relearn. You have to, when you hear your voice and try things out, you see what works and what doesn't work. So 
we've I volunteered for two years at the Philadelphia Zoo, and then we moved on. I didn't when we finally moved again and came to Birmingham, and we knew that the zoo was here. Um, I showed up the week after we moved and yeah. um, inquired about inquired about volunteering. At that time, the volunteer force was quite small. Um, there were 30 of us, perhaps, not a whole lot. Um, staff was not very large either. Um, the number of animals that were education animals was perhaps 15. Maybe other people can remember better than I can. Um, but people were very grateful for extra hands and extra extra help in so many ways. And so it became a lovely bond. You work closely with the staff, you work closely with the keepers, the animal care professionals. And each day, each day I learned. So what keeps me going? Um, it's that continuum. Things change. Um, there have been so many wonderful people that I feel privileged to have met. Um, maybe I've known for four years or five years and then they moved on, but still there's a thread of connection. Um, the people that are at the zoo now are so, so dedicated. It, it, it always amazes me. They're so adept at what they do. They're so skilled um, and it's a privilege to work with them. You ask a question now, Casey. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll do that. So I think what, what we could all gain from, from your experience and from your care and knowledge through the years is, is tell us something maybe that we would not have guessed about your zoo experience or the Birmingham Zoo in particular, something that maybe the rest of us wouldn't know. Surprise me, Naomi. Well, I sometimes feel like it's a surprise to the people that I see. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a surprise to you, Casey, but here's where I'm going. Mm. Um, although, I do like to work on grounds in several places. I keep going back up to Jaguar for several reasons. Um, one is that I know that exhibit well and can talk about Khan. The second is that I often get questions about where the gorillas um, and what's mm -hmm. happening. And I do know, thanks to Nita, um, I do know where they are and what they're doing. They're at the Riverside Zoo in, or at least Senzu is in the Riverside Zoo in um, South Carolina. And he has some responsibility for the two newborns or the two young gorillas that are up there now. Um, I'm glad to be able to share that long experience with people. Um, but I also work that space because I love that pica wall. There's so many people that I talk to and I say, do you know what that, do you know what that is? Do you know what those pictures are? And they look at me with a blank face. And so I have an opportunity to, ex to explain 
the it's the keepers or the animal care professionals who have had a wonderful opportunity and not only have they had that opportunity but they've shared it with us and it would be so the surprise part would be what we could give to our members and our outside people if we could only share i don't know if you know how many people don't know about those pica hmm. those pica trips um, i've often walked down that exhibit to where that little alcove is and really sat with people for a while and talked to them about tara and talked to them about michael Tara is always so willing to share that whole experience with us. It's so intense when she tells her tales that I'm able to tell a lot of it, to narrate that video a little bit as we go along. So um, that might be something, I don't know if you know how often people don't know about that pica wall. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think probably surprising to a lot of people that aren't zoo folk is how dedicated to conservation our work is. The other thing that we're dedicated to as a zoo, as an institution that folks may associate and may not associate with the zoos is our education. And Naomi, you are a lifelong educator. Tell us what it means to you to educate folks about our zoo and about our our mission so what what i do and i guess it comes back to my experience as a zoo goer um i said that i was always grateful if somebody could point out one more little thing about an animal one interesting fact um and even now when i go to a museum or um, a zoo or a science museum, any place with, with my grandchildren, I'm grateful to the people who were there who can give me a little extra piece of information. Um, it often makes our day to have that little contact. So what I try to do as a teacher is to engage somebody to look a little closer to think a little bit more about an animal. So think about the anteater and people walking through that exhibit, which is a challenge because Carlito is not often out or is often sleeping. But when he's out, you quickly have to point out things that they might overlook. Um, you might not see his claws as he knuckle walks. Mm. You might not think that he has a long sticky tongue with no teeth. Um, when you look at some of the primates, some people look at their antics and they're jumping, but they may not think about that prehensile tail. When you look at Khan, you look at how beautiful he is and you look at his colors, but you may not think about the shape of his jaw and the difference between him and other big cats. Um, so it's those little extra things. If I can engage people with one or two or maybe three things to get them to look a little bit longer, then I feel 
I feel comfortable that I've made at least a start to get them thinking. Sometimes the best questions are often from the children. They're, mm. um, they come up with um, stories that they know, know from Animal Planet, and we keep going from there. Um, they often ask the best questions, and that's great. I was going to ask you about that because a lot of your zoo origin story comes it's similar to mine in that your kids brought you back to the zoo um, and I, just to see you interact with children in particular is always inspiring and always puts a smile on my face so tell us i guess tell us uh give us a good story about an interaction with a kid that you've had that has stood out to you maybe surprised you, maybe taught you something? So I have two stories that I can think of. Um, one, one was fairly recent. Um, we were watching Khan, who was probably sleeping at the time. So when he's not doing very much, we talk about the exhibit. We talk about the boomer balls that are there. Um, we talk about we talk about other ways in which the animal care professionals might change up the exhibit um, the next time. And I said to one, one girl who was about five or six, I said, sometimes we even put a live fish in that water down there and we let him go hunting. He really likes fish. And what he does is he'll hunt that fish for a little while and then he'll eat that fish for a little while and then he'll spend another 20 minutes licking his paws and she looked at me and she she said and I like fish too she said I especially like sushi <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that's where we were going <laughs> there's another story that I remember um so the venue is the old animal plaza with the flamingos behind us. So it used to be that we could take animals up there safely, the education animals. I had with me Indy, the skink, the blue-tongued skink. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a little girl and her papa. A little girl was about four, perhaps about four. She was sitting in her stroller. So I sat down on the edge there to get down and talk to her. And I prefaced my story with a question about the lizards that she might see in the garden, because Indy is quite large, and I noticed that children are sometimes afraid of him, but if they know he's related to the lizards that we have, and mostly the lizards we have are the tiny ones, it seems to work. So I said, and this lizard, this is Indy, he lives far away in Australia. He's the largest lizard that you would find in Australia. And her eyes opened wide and she looked at me and she said, she hadn't said very much before this, but she said, is he lost? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't expected that either. <laughs> so there are always good stories. I think one other thing that keeps me going is that I see that often, I see some regulars who come through the zoo. I see Dr. Amy and 
Anicia often, and it's great to talk to her. She loves the zoo, and so does her, so does her sweet daughter. And I see, I see Patrick and Carrie coming through the zoo, and they're special friends too. We sit down up by Khan and we talk and see how Patrick is doing. I've seen some of my students who are now parents come in with mm. their students, and I love that. They're, they've all grown up to be wonderful people. I can think of a couple of them. And then there are families whose names I don't know, but I recognize them by face. Um, and we have a, a contact, and they'll ask what's new, or they'll ask another question. Sometimes they're pulled on by their little toddlers, so we don't know, say much, but... It's so much fun to have a regular, a regular group of, of friends that you get to see. I think that is also very satisfying. Hmm. I'm struck, Naomi, just by the meaning that that you've been able to provide for folks coming to the zoo for years. One thing that Miss Patty says in our new volunteer orientations, we always bring the new volunteers to Miss Patty, and she always says that nobody reads signs. She tells us oh. not to tell Jesse that, but nobody reads signs, but people listen to other people. And that is what brings meaning to folks. And I think your your work here at our zoo has been enacting that and a testament to the meaning that a face and that a, a voice and that another person can bring to our experiences. Okay, see, that's what docents have to do. That docents and educators are the same those words come from the same root. Those are leaders. And what you're doing is pulling, pulling things, pulling ideas and connections out of people. It's not you giving it as much as what you're saying is pulling it out of the people that are listening. Um, when you think of it that way, um, it takes some practice to do that, I think, but it's a, a, a very nice relationship. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you a question that formed in my mind as you were saying that. So we have quite a few new docents. That's a program that we've um, put some effort and thought into over the last year or so. And of course, it's not a 15-week course. <laughs> um, it's not... Uh, quite as time intensive, um, taxonomy intensive. Um, but if you could share something that you think every docent ought to ought to know, or an encouragement that they can learn um, through practice, what would you share? Well, I think it might be not worrying about the content so much. And I suppose that sounds counterintuitive. Um, I think you know enough to start with um, to share a few ideas. 
um, as a docent for a couple of years, you're learning as much as you're continuing to learn. Um, you see what questions people ask, you see what questions people, what things people are interested in, and you go back and continue to learn. I suppose it doesn't matter in a way, although that good, that training has held me in good stead for all these years. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you can't do a large part of that if you're curious. Um, mm. You don't be afraid about how much you don't know. You go with what you do know and keep building on that. Um, Jesse's signs are good, and I have often, they're better than good. I mean, they're mm. excellent. Um, I often say it's one person in 500 who reads those signs, but if you did, you would get a lot of the anatomy and physiology and geography mm. that you need. Um, I, th I value the component of being with and working with the animal care professionals because I learned so much from them. In a way, it was, I don't know if you find this, but as a parent, you get to work with daycare professionals and then with teachers. And I learned enormously from those wonderful people that I worked with, just enormously. They knew what they were doing and I often didn't, but I learned from them. At the zoo, it's kind of the same. I, you know a little bit, you can start off, um, but you learn from them and um, learn more updated things, put it that way, learn more um, close to the heart of things, facts or behaviors or adaptations of all those animals that they work with. And I just so value that. So being a docent is a work in progress, whether this is your first year or whether it's your 20th year. Um, and I would just say you don't stop learning. You keep going. You learn from all the people you work with. To that point, Naomi, um, this would be a good place to thank you um, for making yourself so available. And I, I think that is your availability to make change and to um, put your... I guess put your, I don't know, money where your mouth is doesn't quite sound right, but put your, put yourself I'm where money. your mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and make yourself available um, for the things that you want changed is really a, an asset to our zoo. It's an asset to me as the volunteer manager. I know that. And I know it's an asset to the rest of the volunteers because I know that at any point I can say, go hang out with Naomi and listen to what she has to say. Oh, I love the company. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, there, there's so many good teens, so many great teens. I really, I have thoroughly enjoyed, enjoyed. I almost wish we could do more of that. That is good fun. There's, so able the ones the teens that we see are so able and wonderful well naomi thank you so much for making time to chat with us today i have 
very much enjoyed the conversation and I know that folks will enjoy hearing what you have to say on this forum. Well, thank you too, Casey. Stay well. And that's our show. Our art is by Phil Nellis. We want to thank our special guests for today for being on the show. If you want to support the Art Zoo, go to www.birminghamzoo.com donate. The next time you're on grounds, say hello to our amazing volunteers. Talk to you soon.